Hey, hey, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. Today's episode is actually an audio exclusive. I kind of love when I get the opportunity to do these. I'm in like a comfy, cozy corner of my house with some blankets and I just feel like I'm ready to just chat. So if these are your episodes, keep on listening. This week on the YouTube channel, we're doing a social media marketing for beginners series. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I uploaded videos. It's kind of a thing over there. I didn't want to disrupt the schedule by posting the podcast. Y'all can understand. And of course, you can go check me out on YouTube if you want to watch that kind of stuff. But today, I wanted to talk actually about a little bit of a sort of deeper topic, which is mental health and entrepreneurship. And just kind of like when you're going through things, when you're in a funk, this was inspired by someone I'm not going to share, um, obviously their specific situation or how I know them or anything like that. But they asked me for some advice about, you know, navigating mental health and entrepreneurship when the show just kind of has to keep going on. And you know, this isn't the only person. I, I just feel like a lot of people in my life, myself included, to be honest, have been in like a a weird spot lately. I don't know what it is, um, but I, I wanted to share. I, I realized I hadn't ever really done an episode dedicated to this for a lot of reasons, to be honest with you. So I'll just ask that we are respectful, but I do hope this helps, you know, somebody because I have been doing this for a while and there are some challenges <laughs> involved. So first, I kind of want to share a little bit of of my story, I guess, of like my worst mental health moment, if you will, which I have talked about before. And that was when my dad died, which was, gosh, I guess it was three and a half years ago now. You know, I really did go through a really bad spot in my mental health, you know, experience, I suppose. I was doing a lot of coaching. I had a couple of long-term clients, and then I was also working with social media management clients. So I was booked and busy. I, I mean, I was regularly working like 80-hour weeks. And, you know, I got the call about my dad, and I was on a coaching call with a client, I think, two days later. I, I don't remember what I told my full-service clients, my social media management clients, but I don't think I really skipped a beat with them either. And don't get me wrong, my coaching client that I, I was on the call with, she was amazing. You know, um, she was also like a friend of mine and she was very sweet and all this. But I, I just remember that was the first time that I kind of started to like resent my business because this person had already paid me for her coaching package and she was going through stuff in her business. And while my personal feelings and my personal experience, of course, in hindsight, it matters a lot. But to me, I was a service provider. Like in my mind, I was I was rendering a service that she had already paid for. I couldn't say, oh, I need to take a mental health week or you know what? I don't think I'm strong enough to continue this coaching relationship at all. I think I need to take some time for me. It wasn't even that I was afraid of like losing money or anything like that. It was just about honoring that commitment and being there for somebody else. And this is something for me, I don't know how you all feel, but this is kind of a recurring theme for me is this idea that other people's time, comfort, emotions are so much more valuable than mine. And that if somebody paid me, or even if they didn't pay me, even if I'm just taking up somebody's time, you know, like that is worth more than my own time, my own energy, my own effort. And that's something I'm very much working through myself. But long story short, it was like the wrong move. And I think especially as a coach, I want to talk about this a little bit because 
I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore. I haven't in a, in a while. I do love doing it. Here's the thing. I actually love working with people one-on-one, but one of the challenges that I found was that I experienced what I, I call coaching drain. And it's this feeling that you went from being a human being with their own life, their own problems, their own happiness, all of these things to being like, you are serving me for this hour and you are a resource. And again, I I know that a lot of that is self-imposed. I've worked with so many amazing clients who I love, who I consider friends to this day, who I talk to, you know, and do informal coaching with to this day. But so a lot of it is self-imposed, but that's kind of how coaching was making me feel. But these are all things that I don't think people think about, particularly when they get into coaching, because it is such a human experience. Like people want to work with you as their coach because they like you as a person And then it becomes a weird thing where it's like you almost get dehumanized a little bit and you become such a resource. Yeah, that was kind of my like worst experience with this whole balance of balancing mental health and entrepreneurship. Because for me, the show just went on, to be honest. And I really did not give myself the grace of processing that experience. I also have been experiencing something similar this year, to be honest, in that I lost someone who was quite close to me. Uh, this year and I haven't talked about it Um, and I to be honest I haven't slowed down and truly processed it yet I haven't allowed myself to do that because I think I was one forcing myself to be strong for other people who were involved but two because I just you know I just kept hustling kept grinding kept you know almost to take my mind off of it and of course it's unintentional I know that that's not healthy to do but it's just like what I did you know it's it's just felt like the natural thing to do. And so I'm still, now that life is slowing down for me a little bit, some of my courses have wrapped up and I moved into my house and all this stuff. Now I'm like, okay, now it is time to sit, be alone with your thoughts and and really process this loss. And I, and I don't think I have advice. I definitely don't think I'm one to, to give advice, but I will say that processing is very important, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. These big life changes, whether they're death or you know, loss or divorce or anything like that, you have to really feel them and it hurts to feel them, but you you should really feel them. The other thing that I'll say about that situation with, you know, being on the coaching call two days after my dad died was that is really the moment when I knew I needed to double down on passive income. And I'm not trying to sound all like four hour work week bro on you. Don't get me wrong. I still work. I still hustle for my dinner, you know, but I would say a good majority of my income these days is made up of at least semi passive income. And it was at that point that I really realized like, wow, it would be really nice to not have to worry about money for a couple months. I didn't want to skip a beat with my business because that was also my reckoning about corporate life. Like life is too short. You know, I got to go do my own thing. So I didn't want to skip a beat with my business. I wanted to continue to hustle. I wanted to continue to save. And I just thought, you know, wouldn't it be so nice if like I could make a good, you know, multi five figure income just, just by living, (laughs) like just on autopilot and be able to take time off. And at the very least, even if I was working, like working, under a blanket on your laptop is a different story than showing up on a Zoom call with a client, you know, looking polished and looking happy and giving them the attention that they deserve. Those are two very different things. So 
I feel very fortunate that I can have couch days now. I talked about it the other day, actually. This past week has been hard for me um, for other other reasons, less personal, just the state of the world. It's been real heavy lately from a violent perspective, from a misogynist perspective, and it's just been weighing on me a lot. And so the other day, I, I just had a couch day and I feel very lucky and blessed that I don't have 20 million phone calls or zoom calls I have to have today that a lot of my work can be done in silence on my couch looking like a troll I love it so yeah that's something um that is important to me I'll also say another thing similar to the coaching um kind of invisibility or coaching dumping I don't know the the term for it another thing that I've struggled with mental health wise with my career is what I call content creator invisibility. This is a weird phenomenon. I don't know if any other content creators or people who are online can relate to this, but I noticed I was having friends and I actually, this still happens to me all the time. You're at dinner or whatever. You're talking to all these people and everyone's like, oh, how, how's work going? How's life? How's family? How's whatever? Where'd you travel? This, that. And they always skip me they always skip me. And I think there's a lot of reasons. I think one, I'm very introverted. Um, But I noticed people would then make remarks about like, oh yeah, I saw in your YouTube video, you did this. And I'm like, but you didn't ask me about it. (laughs) Like you never, like you skipped me when it was time to talk about our life updates, but then you told me you already knew my life updates. And the thing is, while I am 100% real, obviously, on YouTube and my podcast and Instagram and wherever. Like, I'm not, you know, fabricating a life and I very much am open and and all that. I only show a part of my life. Like, there's certain things that I actually need friends for or would like friends to know about or to talk about or to ask about that I don't share on Instagram, that I don't share on YouTube, either because they're too personal or they're not, like, you know, curated for the target audience of online of online entrepreneurs and things like that. And so that was something that I really had to reckon with a little bit as well. That forced me to deal with communication issues that I had with people in my life because I'm very passive. I am very like, you know, okay, it's fine. I'm just always the person who then gets dumped on but never gets asked how they're doing or asked if they've done anything fun lately. It became like work was my identity. And it's hard when you're already like an overachiever or a high achiever, whatever you want to call yourself, because when other people then do that to you and the only thing they seem to recognize is the version of yourself that you put out for your job, it only perpetuates that, right? So I have really over the past two years, I would say have been making a, an extreme solid effort at separating myself from my work. One of the ways I've done that is by creating an actual separate brand for my courses and my company. And while I still do post a lot of business stuff on my own profiles, I also have brought in like random posts about me, you know, going to a concert or walking in the woods or eating food or wearing a cute outfit or whatever. And I think having that separation has helped a little bit. I'm definitely still not there, but that has helped. I think having hobbies, having things that I do in my life that I am proud of, because this is the thing about me. And maybe again, some of you can relate is 
I have a really hard time relaxing just to relax. Like I can do like one day a month of just like watching bad reality TV or something. Like I feel like we all have that one day a month or whatever. But beyond that, I'm not like a watch Bravo and like drink wine night kind of like girl. That's just not my thing. I feel like my hobbies still have to be semi-productive. So that was something that I said, okay, I know myself. Like I know it's going to be hard for me to just do something that is not, you know, not productive in any way. So let me find some things that I can see through to an end. One thing like buying this house. I mean, I know that's not just like an easy hobby that you can just pick up and decide to start in a week, but that's been helpful because like you complete room by room, you know, there's an end to it. I took music classes again, which I hadn't taken any since I was like in middle school. So that was fun because I could say, okay, I want to be able to finish this piano book. I started writing fiction, which is not work, you know, that is for fun, which has been so, so fun, actually, and really, really therapeutic for me, actually, in a lot of ways. So that's something that has really helped me with that separation of work and finding meaning in life. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other issues that online entrepreneurship or online business has uh, triggered, I suppose, for me, has has brought to the surface for me, because there are a lot. I will say probably the most relatable one is anxiousness. Anxiousness is a human emotion that, you know, we can all feel. And entrepreneurship certainly brings a lot of those to the surface. I think from a financial perspective, especially in the beginning, before you are making a you know, a solid income. I will say that entrepreneurship is one of the most stressful jobs that I had had from that perspective because my money was never guaranteed. I was always living in fear of, you know, running out and fear of scarcity, I suppose. So I can understand how a lot of freelancers and entrepreneurs struggle with that. One of the best things that helped with this is just saving an emergency fund. I know that's like such a boring answer, but just sit, I tried to save as much money as I possibly could before I went full time so that I really never was that scared. But I think even just little things, like I'm just thinking like, I mean, getting letters from the IRS, like that just triggers a a physical response in me, even if I know that it's nothing scary, even if I know that it's, you know, something that my accountant's already taken care of, like it still is just scary. And I I don't know the answer to that other than just breathe and just get experience. Because I'll say like those IRS letters and those, you know, all of this stuff, like those, those slow months where I'm like, okay, last month we did double what we did this month. What does that mean? With time, comes peace with that for me after I've done my taxes five six times it's like okay like this isn't anything to be scared about after my third May that is a slow month I realize okay this is just a seasonality trend people don't hate me and and stop want to stop listening to me and caring about me so just breathe look at data as well, especially for like slow months. That that is a real thing that I just said. May historically has been a very slow month for us. You know, it starts getting nice out. A lot of years, I just like, I end up taking a little bit more time off than I normally do. But I think primarily it's seasonality. It's just nice out and people don't want to be on their computer learning about social media management or online business. So looking at data really helps put me at ease. Another issue that... (laughs) 
online business has brought to the surface is self-consciousness. I already have all of these insecurities just from day-to-day life of like feeling hard to make friends and feeling hard to feel understood and always feeling disliked and whatever, all these things. And then like amplify that, put that on a stage, put that in front of all these strangers that you don't know that are, that have something to say about everything. I mean, I, I posted a Twitter thread thing one time that was just a list it was it was like a particularly annoying week where just somebody had something to say about everything I did and in that same week I got told that I talked too fast that I talked too slow that I was dressed inappropriate but then I also got told that I was like uncool and that I was like old, you know? So like, which one is it guys? Help me out here. So the point is you're never going to please everybody. Your mind is going to tell itself what it wants to tell it. And mine certainly does not shut up about how everybody hates me and all this stuff still is there. I do just try to remind myself that I'm not going to please everybody. That even the most perfect, amazing people that I could think of on planet Earth have haters, have people, it's not even as deep as a hater, you know, it's just have people that just don't care for them, have clients that decline their proposals because they just, there just wasn't a fit. Sometimes there is not science for it. It just doesn't feel right. Uh, You know, just like dating, just like relationships, sometimes on paper, you are in the most amazing, perfect relationship. And it just isn't there. The chemistry just isn't there, you know? So I always have to remind myself that and and remind myself like to think about what I do have, not what I don't have. And what I do have is those of you who are still listening to this podcast, however many minutes in, who are resonating with what I have to say, who do appreciate whatever, like how I talk, whether that's slow or quiet or loud or fast or whatever, and relate with me in some way, whatever that is. So focusing on your core audience, your core people who are supportive more than the negativity is really the best thing I can say for this one. I also do love the book, The Subtle Art of Giving. That book did really help me as well, I would say. So how can you deal with some of these things? Well, like I said, this is certainly not advice. I'm kind of just uh, spitballing here about things that I, a lot of these things I still do struggle with, but one of the best things I can give you some big sis advice on is to limit your screen time, like extreme, like limit it a lot. I don't scroll social media very much at all anymore. And this is something that has taken time because I'll be honest, you do have to put out engagement when you're first building up social media profiles to get engagement, right? So like, I don't think I could have the same relationship with Instagram or even my favorite platform, Twitter, that I do today if I was just starting my business because I needed to like be talking to people and liking things and all of that. Nowadays, I only scroll when, and this is actually, I don't drink anymore, which is a whole other topic. But when I did drink and thought I could do so in a healthy way, I always said, only drink when you're happy. (laughs) Um, Don't drink when you're sad, especially not alone. And I use that same rule, I suppose, for social media. I do not get on Twitter when I am already feeling low, unless, you know, obviously there are those times when a big world event happens and you need to like scroll or whatever, but you know, do that at your own risk. Cause you usually end up feeling worse. You usually don't end up finding facts. You usually end up feeling worse. But anyway, I digress day to day. I want to scroll. I want to see what my friends are up to. If I'm feeling crappy about myself, if I'm dealing with something, if I am having a bad body image day, if I am having whatever, I'm not scrolling at that moment. 
I'm going to wait until I'm in a good mood, until I'm in a stable place when I start doing that. And um, it has helped immensely. Um, I don't scroll. Like I said, I really don't scroll Instagram. I have a Twitter list. People that I really talk to, like I actually know, I have actually spoken to or at least DM'd or, you know, texted back and forth. And these are people that I actually care about what they're doing. They're not brands. They're not like influencers. They're real people. And I check that one pretty much every day, like on my lunch break or so, or at the end of the workday. I DM people on Twitter. I DM people on Instagram. But I don't scroll. I very, very rarely just scroll my feed. And it's done a lot of good. It's not just all of the like body image stuff and the it's not just that because honestly I feel you know that stuff has gotten better as I've gotten older I've gotten more secure in myself more you know whatever developed healthier habits and things like that but it's just like the the intensity of these apps I mean these apps are literally designed to keep you on them as long as possible they are like drugs they are I mean it feels very much like when I was quitting smoking cigarettes which I you know I did when I was much much younger Um, And quitting was very hard. And honestly, social media feels the same way. It is an addictive thing. And I just, you know, all these different dopamine hits coming at you all the time. It just, it it isn't a great way to wire your brain. I mean, just my personal opinion. Now, you can also unfollow people, or at least that's something that I've done. Anybody who sets such unrealistic standards, even if I love them, even if I respect them, adore them, I don't think it's positive for me to be inundated with that type of imagery. Or I used to follow a lot of accounts that were promoting health, but really they were basically promoting EDs. You know, they were like, eat the smoothie for a day. Yeah, that's, that's not good for me, you know, so follow healthy influences, not ones that are going to trigger whatever issues you may have. It's also important to take breaks. And not just like a lunch break, not just a vacation, but taking daily, weekly and quarterly breaks has been super important for me. Daily, that means making sure that I make time for a real lunch, making sure that I make time to cook myself breakfast every morning. You know, feeding yourself is very important when your brain does not have food and the proper nutrients and all of that stuff. You don't have energy, you feel terrible, and all of these feelings are just going to get worse. So having good physical health is important. So it's that, but it's also logging off at a certain time, not letting myself work until late in the evening, not allowing myself to wake up and immediately start working at 5, 6 a.m., which I was doing for a long time. I'd wake up and I would immediately start working at like 6 a.m. and not stop until 7 p.m. That's not healthy either. Setting work hours for yourself. You don't have to work nine to five. A lot of days I work like 10 to four, 10 to five, 11 to six. Like it's, it, it depends. It's, it's whatever. Like right now I'm recording this at 9 PM. Cause I took a very long midday target run and a long dinner break and like, you know, whatever, that's cool. You don't need to work a certain shift, but you do need to avoid working to excess and to exhaustion weekly. That means that I am logging off for at least one day a week. I really, really am trying to get better about making this like taking a full weekend. I've been doing much better at that, but at least having, it's usually Sunday for me that I'm just completely offline. I am not scrolling social media. I'm not doing anything. 
I'm just doing stuff for me or for my family or whatever. And then quarterly, for me, that is taking some type of a break, a retreat, a relax, like a getting away. This doesn't have to be expensive. I'm actually soon going on a camping trip or glamping trip, I guess, because it's not actually sleeping on the floor. But um, little things like that, like this is not an expensive trip. I haven't traveled out of the country since 2020. So, you know, it's it's going home to my hometown and spending a long weekend there, you know, or can, of course, be a more glamorous vacation, which I hope to do soon. But I find that's really important for me to take a a long uh, and, and like get a change of scenery, get outside of these four walls, stop looking at my office for at least a long weekend every quarter. And then lastly, I talked about this a little bit, but physical health is I'm not gonna I'm not trying to be the person who's like, you know, yeah, just work out and all your mental health issues will go away. Like, obviously that's not the case. Like talk to doctors, talk to therapists, if that's your thing, whatever. Like, of course, do those things. Get on medication if you need to, if you are really struggling, you know, do what's right for you. However, moving my body has been a very, very therapeutic thing. I'll just like start to like hate everything. I'll have a day where like, I just like, I'm like, everything is negative. I don't like anybody. Like everyone who speaks to me, like I'm mad at them. Like, I'm like, why am I so nasty? And then I'm like, wait, I have not went outside in like two days. Like I've just been inside for a very long time. So it is as simple as taking a stroll around the block or even getting in my car sometimes. I mean, obviously moving my body is better, but at least getting like sun in my eyeballs, you know, getting out of your home, getting out of wherever it is that you work will likely do wonders. It does wonders for me. I don't like working out for a lot of reasons, but I love to walk. I walk all the time. I don't go to the gym, but I do have little workouts that I do like workout um, videos and stuff like that, that I do that do feel healthy and that do feel productive for me. So making sure that I make time, just like I make time for real meals and make time for the things that are important to me. I also make time to move my body. You, you just notice, you know, and I'll also add like eating right. Eating right is so important. I, I also notice the weeks where I'm like, I've just been so busy that I've been eating junk or, you know, I haven't been eating enough. So the, the genuine last thing that I'm going to say to wrap up this episode is just if you are struggling, obviously I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. But the one thing I do know is that work is not the most important thing in your life. It is a part of your life. And sure, it pays the bills, it keeps roofs over our heads and all that. But without your mental health, without you being present and content at the very least, I'm not going to say every moment is going to be thrillingly happy, but at least, you know, content and feeling good and feeling safe and feeling healthy, your business is going to not be performing at its peak. I definitely notice those seasons where I am not fully there. You know, I'm building connections with people, but I'm not really connecting. I am showing up, but I'm not really showing up. I'm not really delivering because my head is in another place. So just remember that work is not the most important thing. And I think having other facets to your life, to your, to your personality, to your, uh, you know, all of that really helps. I'm trying my best to communicate that to other people and people in my life that 
I don't just want to talk about business. In fact, I really don't want to talk about business outside of working hours. I think we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of just treating our, you know, our mentor as a resource or treating a creator that we like to watch as just a, a means to an end in, you know, harshly criticizing them if they change their content or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think we need to model that and realize we are all just fragile human beings out here. We are, we are all fragile AF and just trying to get by and trying to survive. So I am going to try to do a better job of modeling that as well. And of course, with that said, zero tolerance policy for toxic clients. This is something that took me years and years to finally do, but I am at a point now where I just have a zero tolerance policy. If somebody is being disrespectful, hurtful, aggressive, um, you know, just triggering my anxious, my feelings of anxiousness, whatever, we're done. We're done. I'll find another client. I'll find another way to make money. If that means I have to just get a part-time job, whatever, I don't care because I know I would be happier you know, pouring coffees or whatever than dealing with somebody who was attacking me over the internet for a little bit of money. So I hope that, uh, I don't know. I always say, I hope this was helpful, but I don't know that it was, but thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me kind of vent a little bit. And I hope you all are doing well. Like I said, I know it's, it's just been a rough season for a lot of people in my life. So I hope you are doing okay. I love hearing from you. I love chatting with you. You can always uh, send me a DM. Twitter is usually the best place to DM me because I see all those ones. I don't always see them on Instagram, but I'm at the Latasha James on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And I will be back for a normal Freelance Friday podcast episode next week. I hope to see you then or talk to you then, I suppose. Bye-bye.